Like if somebody says, why would I want to do CrossFit or why do I want to be a part of Leaf? And I want to say, these are, this is why these are the, these are, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build into your life in this way. Your, our people at Leaf are going to be fortified. And when I say fortified this work, you're going to be prepared for anything, anytime. And you're going to be grateful to the obstacle for the opportunity right? To see that that thing in front of you was placed there because you are strong enough to be able to move it. I'm Kyle Virick, and this is the Know Your Leading Edge podcast. Well, welcome back to the episode, uh, this episode of Know Your Leading Edge podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Virick. Looking forward to a conversation with none other than Mr. Nathan Barry. So, um, going to get ex- really excited about this this particular version of our podcast. Nathan is uh, a phenomenal athlete and uh, twice as good a human in that regard. And Nathan's been uh, a huge part of the building of Leaf Gym um, in so many ways that he's not even maybe aware of. But I'm grateful for your time today, Nathan. Super excited to have a conversation with you and uh, just wanted to thank you for taking the time. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, Happy man. to be here. Yeah, dude. So um, Nathan and I, before we got started here, we're just sort of riffing about how this is a new adventure for both of us. Nathan's never been on a podcast, and frankly, I'm only learning to host a podcast. So should be a good adventure, and uh, we hope you sit back and really enjoy some of the time. So um, Nathan is uh, the owner, uh, principal owner of After Hours Plumbing and Heating Incorporated, and that started January 21. But uh, Nathan, tell me a little bit about your professional life, maybe just sort of some of the how, how you arrived at after hours and uh, what what brings you to uh, your place in the profession today okay so so like like anything there's there's quite a backstory to get there yeah um, I grew up in a small town called Electric City Washington okay and how small how small is that I, I believe a few thousand people okay uh, it's pretty small sure um, Wenatchee was was kind of like the next biggest town so when I when I graduated mm-hmm. high school I moved out moved out to Wenatchee. Um, when I was 21, I started working at a company called Inland Pipe and Supply, uh, working in the warehouse and driving the truck and delivering plumbing products and, um, doing, doing that kind of stuff. Over time, I worked my way into a management role there, um, selling to plumbing contractors and, um, industrial contractors. The plumbing community is pretty small. Here in Wenatchee, um, there's you know there's just not imagine. that many plumbing companies sure. out there. Um, so over time, you kind of develop uh, close relationships with um, a lot of the folks in town doing business. The owners of After Hours Plum- After Hours Plumbing, the previous owners, um, were at a point where they were ready to retire. Yeah, and I was at a point where I was ready to do something different, and they were extremely generous with me and uh, gave us an opportunity to purchase this business and. Um, that was January of 21. Dude, what was the spark? Why did you like, how do you go from being the dude in the warehouse, driving the truck and doing the things and sales and all those things? Cause I've worked in that place too. So I've worked in electrical supply and all these places. I remember being the warehouse guy working for like ridiculous hourly wages. How do you, what on earth happens to a dude who goes from like, I'm going to do, 
I'm going to own this place or I'm going to buy this thing from the guy who's driving the truck. Like what was the spark there? So I started working at Inland Pipe and Supply in 2008. Yeah. And um, I think we we're all pretty aware what happened in 2008. Sure. The, the housing market fell apart. Yeah. Um, the manager that hired me ended up quitting and going to do something else. Yeah. And so we had this like interim time and I, I want to say it was a year and a half or so where we had, there was no, it was a rudderless ship. Got we it. had no leadership there. Yep. Um, and I just, so I, I started kind of through necessity, really trying to learn more facets of the business, more, mm-hmm. uh, more of the operations and, um, with, with kind of the hopes that I would get an opportunity at the, at the leadership position. And I wasn't. Looking back, I wasn't ready, um, but but I did make it known that I was interested in that path. Yeah. Um, the the gentleman they hired, great guy, um, didn't end up being the right fit, but he was there just long enough for me to develop uh, the skills needed to be ready. Um, so so after he left, uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to lead that business and cool. did that for I think fourteen years. Wow. 11 years, excuse me, 11 years. Yeah, 11 I was trying, years, I was yeah. just, you've probably seen my head, I was doing yeah. math there. Yeah. My eyeballs were doing math. Like, <laughs> okay, wait, that would be right now. Okay, 11 years, 11 years you were the manager there? Uh-huh. Yes. Wow, fantastic. So, you're managing the business, what's the, now the next jump, right? So, how does that come about? So, I, I got to a place, I'm very fortunate to to have been able to put people around myself that were very capable yeah. Um, and I found myself in a position where the, the business honestly didn't really need me. They didn't need me there. Um, we had a really strong culture. Um, my teammates really knew what to do on an operational basis to keep things running. Yeah. Um, I was ready for, for the next, the next thing. I felt like me being there was holding back other people from being able to, to move beyond where they were. And also, I was I was bored. I needed more. Got it. Um, yeah. So the, the timing was just perfect. Dude, that's so good. All right. Well, you. So now, now that we've gotten to this point professionally and kind of in this place, um, thriving business. You've added some other segments of new business to that since you took over. So we'll kind of come back to that. But let's uh, let's jump back in. So. You get to represent a couple of the three of the coolest people that I know, your your wife and partner there, Tori, and your son, Emmett, and your daughter, Isabel. And I just by looking at your face, I know how much uh, that impacts you just hearing their name. So tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah. So Tori and I just celebrated our 10-year anniversary um, this year, which was awesome. Um, best partner I could have hoped for. Um, Emmett is nine years old and Isabel is six and they're both very active kids and, and my, my biased opinion, really, really great kids. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. I'm biased too. I mean, I think they're great kids. (laughs) (laughs) No, we, well, what's really cool is we get a chance to work with all of them, right? Like the, for me, one of the cool parts of knowing when I think about the, the anchor, the bricks of this this place, right? This place is built on, on a whole pile of berries, right? We got, uh, we got our Nathans and our Tori and our Emmett and our Isabel. And, um, 
Yeah. Having, uh, I saw Isabel yesterday when I was dropping our children off at gymnastics and anytime she sees me in a context that doesn't make sense to her, she's like super (laughs) confused and then elated. Right. So I was just in the car and Emmett noticed me. And so I was like, Hey, Kyle's already there. And Isabel turned around and I just thought, this is such a cool moment for me. Like, I wonder when Isabel for, will totally not think I'm as cool as I am, right? Because I'll be super sad that day. Because right now I feel, she makes me feel like a rock star every time I see her. And it's possible that she does that probably to everyone, but she makes me feel like a rock star. So she's a <laughs> she's a wonderful soul in the world. Anyway, love your love your family so much. Tori's grown immensely in, in terms of what she does and just watching her confidence grow and the things that she can do. Um, is really, yeah. really wonderful. And then I get a chance to work with Emmett. And uh, yesterday he's being a turkey, trying to get this guy into a hollow body position. And he was like, <laughs> instead rolling the mat up and like laying his head down. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I could play this, but you know what? I know his father and I'm like, okay, all right. Because of this little charade you're pulling right now, you're going to get bonus time here. So I made him do extra hollow body, which he wasn't terribly fond uh. of. But um, he knows, and uh, I think that for me, part of what's really important about what we do at this gym is that we, we're trying to encircle families and encircle um, the people that come into our building and make them a part of our tribe. And in this tribe, it's not just Nathan's job to raise his children. It's Nathan's job, and it's everyone else to understand the values that Nathan brings to his family and continue to help support those kinds of things. Right. And so we're building hopefully inside of these walls, a community that can be mobile and go out into the community and into the world and instill some great values and, and those types of things. So it's pretty cool to get a chance to work with your children and your wife and frankly, you honestly, we we all benefit greatly from being here and from your influence. Thanks dude. I really appreciate that. It's uh, yeah. So tell us about young Nathan. All right. So somehow you arrived at what I can. So let me tell you about yourself. Um, You, I, when I think of the best people that we serve, I think of you first. When I consider decisions that I think will impact our business, I think of you first. Um, There's a reason for that. I'm not even sure I can put my finger on what those are right but i've just known it from the probably the first moment that i watched you work which was ages ago and contexts are certainly different um but you just you find something in someone that you really admire and uh, you should know that i really admire you and i don't know a ton about your past so i'm really excited to learn about what has built you into the sort of person that i would hang my business on sure. without even knowing so tell me a little bit about young Nathan. So again, I grew up in Electric City, Washington, yeah. um, small, small town. Um, it was the kind of town where like, you know, you know, everybody. Um, as a young kid, I was super into BMX bikes, skateboarding, like all of dirt bikes was a huge part of, of growing up. So those were kind of the, the sports that I was really into growing up. Yeah. Um, it was the kind of neighborhood where there'd be a pack of kids rolling around together, you know, back when kids were on bikes roaming the neighborhood and, um, 
causing trouble and stuff like that. So uh, those kind of sports really spoke to me um, growing up. And yeah, I went to, went to school at, um, uh, graduated through Lake Roosevelt High School and um, yeah. How did you become such a principled dude? So I wasn't, I wasn't always that way. That's okay. Uh, I don't think anybody was. If you, if, if we were, if we flip these microphones around, you'd be probably pretty damn surprised to learn about all the things that make me who I am. So sure. Um, tell how, how did you become? So at my, at my previous work, um, there was a program called the total training network. Yeah. And let me back up a little bit. So I took some, some not so great paths in, okay. in high school okay. and was a much different person than, okay. than I am now, which is, is common for most people. Right. Yeah. Dude. Um, I found this program through my previous work. There was some old dusty CDs sitting on a shelf somewhere. Okay. And I was, I was pretty, I was upset because I, when I didn't get the opportunity to, to lead that business, I was pretty upset about that. I'll bet. And so my thought process was, well, I, I need to do what I can to, to show that I'm the kind of person that, that could do this job. Yeah. Um, found these old dusty CDs, the total training network and asked, asked the dude that they hired, um, if I could bring them home and check them out. And I came across a, a guy by the name of Brian Tracy. Okay. I don't know if you've heard I do of know Brian, Brian Tracy. Tracy. Sure. But it was the first time that I'd really listened to somebody who, in, in really unapologetic terms, um, said that you're responsible for exactly where you're at yeah, right now. Okay. And I had never really thought about, I, I guess I'd never really thought about that or, or thought about the world like that, that, um, that you really are the sum of all the decisions that you've made up into the point in time yeah. that you're at right now. And I, I just at first was, uh, was like put off and, and didn't really like that message. Yeah. Um, but the more that I thought about it, the more I realized it gave me control of, of who I am, of the direction that I'm going. Uh, it, it gave me a sense of control and I really dove into, I, I just really went deep into listening to his specific content. Yeah. Um, and of, of course, you know, when you, uh, when you do that, you find all kinds of other avenues to go down as well. Yeah. Um, let me pause you right there. You don't just find those things. Like what, what I see the thread that's coming from you, right? Like this major disappointment happens for you. Yeah. Most people pack that thing up. I'm just not meant to be that. They, they said no, right? Sure. Instead, you go finding some dusty CDs. Probably didn't even have a damn CD player at that point. I don't know what year this is. You find a stack of CDs and start working. And then you listen to that. And then you don't like the message that you're hearing. So then you keep going down that path. Like, that's different, right? Can sure. you see that that's different sure. about you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can so, so, okay. So let's continue forward with what we're saying there, but like there's something inside you. So well, how do you keep driving towards stuff that's making you uncomfortable and 
man, now down a pathway that you're like, holy smokes, I don't really like that, but let's keep doing this. I think the getting addicted to the growth is, is really, um, I like things that change the way that I think about the world. I, I like... I like hearing ideas that are counter to what I believe. Okay. And I like the opportunity like, to, to change and adapt my philosophies on life as I go through it in real time. Um, and that's, I think that's why that spoke to me so much. Awesome. Awesome. You know, change, I've, I've heard it said from a lot of people, so I can't really attribute it there, but um, Mike Gervais, one person that I hear say it a lot. I don't know if you listen to his podcast, Finding Mastery. The idea that pain is a huge, is the force that really requires us to change, right? That, that through pain is where we actually become, right? And without it, no one likes encountering it. But without it, there's no, there's no impetus to change. And so we just stay. And uh, it's clear, like, along the path, you've experienced some of those pieces that brings you here today. It's so cool. Sure. So, I mean, it dovetails beautifully into what we're going to talk about next, which is why CrossFit. Because there is definitely day-to-day pain, if you will, right? I mean, pain is a is a degree and really you can in this case um that comes by way of your own doing but why did you why crossfit why is that a big part of your life so for for a lot of reasons um the thing that really drew me to it initially is is that there are there are so many skills to work towards and master and there's there's no destination it's it's all about making incremental improvements over time and enjoying finding a way to enjoy that process and i like to say instead of pain it's discomfort because discomfort is different than pain for sure um and it you get hooked on that that uncomfortable feeling um uncomfortable learning new movements uncomfortable physically because it's you're exerting a lot of effort um but also the ability to look back at where you were um and see that over time yeah i am i am making progress i am making improvements um and then you combine that with the community aspect um which is a huge part of of why i'm here um and it's i mean it's it's a no-brainer yeah why, what has been great about your experience here at LEAF? You know, as a, you've been doing all kinds of exercise, you've been doing all kinds of CrossFit in other places. Um, you and I have kind of done stuff. We all had to do stuff weird places during COVID. You were in your garage. Sure. Like what makes, what makes this place unique? Yeah. So to tell that, I need to go back a little bit. So my, yeah. my experience with CrossFit, I started CrossFit just about three years ago. Okay. Um, was not a member of an affiliate, had um, really no direction other than YouTube on like, trying sure. to learn sure. learn Ooh. how to do things. So I was, I was trying to learn how to do CrossFit movements and stuff in an open gym at, at another gym in town. And I really enjoyed it. That was fun. Um, through 
you know, did that all the way up until COVID happened. And um, fortunately, as as I got deeper into into this sport, I started accumulating gear. And when when <laughs> when COVID did happen, I was one of the super fortunate people to have a complete garage gym full yeah. of everything that I needed to continue training. Um, and that was good. And I was fine with that. I was happy with it. Yeah. Um, before COVID happened, I had, I had met you. Yeah. And, um, prior to that, I hadn't, um, I hadn't had the opportunity to, to talk with somebody or to get feedback from somebody who really had, um, a vast knowledge Mm -hmm. of CrossFit, um, able to give me feedback on how to improve things. And, I was super thankful for that. And that stuck with me. Um, and yeah, so, so when I found out that you were opening this gym, it, it just made sense to me to, to come here and, and get under your coaching and, um, continue to make progress. Awesome. Well, that you have, I honestly, I mean, it's super impressive to me, the, the track of development. So the, the curse of good coaching, if you're an athlete, in your own mind and you don't realize how old you're getting. Um, the curse of being a coach is that if you're doing a good job, your athletes certainly crest you very rapidly. Um, and so actually I remember a conversation we were talking about what your goals were going to be. You know, we were just talking strictly performance goals and you said, uh, you know, what are your goals? And I basically said like, my goals are just for you to get your goals. Like that's all I'm aiming for. And, uh, I can't, I can't tell you that there's anything more true about that. You know, I really, I love watching you guys go for it. It pushes me and I still get to train a little bit. I mean, if you want, I, you hear this a lot from gym owners, like if you want to figure out how to lose your fitness super fast, like buy a gym and, uh, you'll find a lot of ways to, to spend your time other than actually working out. But for me, being in this gym and coaching is easily the most natural thing I do right now. Um, as we're getting off the ground, I'm working hours, uh, you know, upon hours, you know, my day starts at four o'clock in the morning and sometimes it doesn't end until eight or eight thirty at night. And that's a, that sounds really tough. And, and honestly there's work in it. There, there's effort in it, but when I'm on the floor and when I'm with a person, whether it's your son at six 30 at night or his father at five in the morning or your wife at, at noon, right? It doesn't matter. Like I love to give to people whatever it is that I have that allows them to get on their path, right? Like that's it. So it is exhausting. What, what you find when you build a community like the one we're trying to build here for me is you love people so deeply that you better find a way to open your capacity doors up because man, like I'd spend all my, my wife would tell you this too. I love you, Trina, um, that I'll just give as much as I can all day. You know, I've said to a lot of people who come in these doors who maybe look at this and they're like, Oh, it's too expensive. And I say, listen, I totally get it. Um, you should know that I'm, if you handed me a million dollar check today, I'd show up tomorrow at four o'clock in the morning and I would be here to train you. I'm not here for the money. 
costs money to run a business. It costs, you know, I've got a, two children who um, want to do have their own aspirations in life. And so we try to provide those things. I'd love one day for my wife to be able to um, curtail her profession so she can really enjoy some things. But man, I would show up every day to coach you. And uh, hopefully you and everybody else knows that and feel that. So it's long days right now as we're building and we're learning about who we're going to be as a gym. But I never, I never turn around and go, this isn't a good decision or that this isn't exactly what I was meant to be doing. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the chance to get to coach you and for you to be a part of our community. So it, it's all of that is very evident spending any time around you. And that's, why I'm here. Um, the time that we've, that we've spent together training together, um, at a previous gym and, um, having the opportunity to have been coached by you for one, I, I know watching you interact with people that you care genuinely about everybody who walks through the door. And it's, that's obvious. I've seen you stop in the middle of your workout to help somebody else with something that they needed. And that's, I don't think that's very common. That, that people are willing to put their own personal needs aside like that um, to, to look out for or to, to help somebody who's, who's doing, the same, um, you know, doing the same workout that they are. I've seen you greet everybody who walks through the door. Um, that's, that's why I'm here. And the progress that you've helped me make in, in the short time that we've trained together and that you've, that you've coached me is exponential over the time that I spent working out by myself in my garage. Mm. It's, you can't even, I can't even compare, um, compare those two, two spaces of time. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm here, man. So tell us the story you're proud of. What's your, what's your proudest moment, maybe in out of the gym or maybe what your fitness has actually given to you here. You know, I, I think, I think, I'm, I guess my, what I'm most proud of is just the way that I'm living right now. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that I've had the ability to decide what kind of person I want to be and to discipline myself to, to, to do that. Um, so it's an an ongoing story. That's so good, man. That's so good. You know, you said this earlier, we were talking about this, um, this notion of like progress and and that in CrossFit or in life, you never arrive. So I'll give you a a quote that I actually all have on my wall here soon. It's a, it's hanging on my um, board at home right now. It's a book from a or, or a quote from a book um, called "The Leadership Moment." And it's about a the first female mountaineer who was leading an expedition. And I, I'm going to struggle to remember her name, but I'll, I'll see if I can't get that back in another podcast. Anyway, um, she was, she was mountaineering and guiding a whole group of women up Annapurna, which was, a like an unheard of thing for these women mountaineers to be doing this, you know? And so it was a really groundbreaking thing that she was doing. Um, but this notion that, that she left in, in her story, I thought was really cool. And it was this idea that you never summit, that you, you never summit a mountain, right? That you get the opportunity to stand on the summit for a moment and then the wind blows your feet away. Hmm. And the other thing, and it's as though you were never there, right? And, and I had a realization personally when I was doing a mountaineering expedition that 
The one thing that's really cool about mountaineering that's maybe different than everything else is you get this wonderful perspective when you stand on top of a mountain. And what's the one thing that, do you know what you can see when you're on top of a mountain really clearly? Lots of other mountains. A right? whole bunch of other mountains <laughs> that you've never climbed, right? Yeah. And you look around and you go, yep, I'm here, yeah. but this don't mean much. Yeah. And so another quote that, that runs with me a lot is, today doesn't care what you did yesterday. Right. Right. And yep. so um, I keep working at that. What do you think about that? Riff on those, uh, those quotes and those thoughts. Yeah. So that's, I think, just life in general yeah. is, is part of the human condition is that, that we, we tend to think that if soon as I have this, then I'll be happy. Yeah. As soon as I can do this, then I'll be happy, whether it's in the fitness context or, or just life in general. And what, what you were saying and what, what this, that person noticed is that you never actually arrive. That's you. There is no destination. Hmm. There's, there's a destination off in the distant horizon, but what's most important is that you find a way to enjoy the path. Hmm. Um, and find people, who help you along the way yeah. um, that recognize that recognize potential in you and and can see where you're trying to go and help you get there. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about that off off before. What do you think uh, you're talking about those people? What do you think makes a great coach? What makes a great coach? Yeah. So, I think on that, um, an individual who has the ability to see potential in you that you may not see for yourself mm. um and somebody who has the skills to get you you know to get you where you want to go and and also you know the care to make sure that 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 you're on the right path yeah um that's what i look for yeah i i think that coaching one of the i mean coaching has been a passion of mine since i'm four years old, oddly enough. Right. And I think I've, we've talked about this before. So listeners, you get a little, a little insight into my all the time conversation. But when I was when my mother had a daycare in our home. And so we had, I mean, every morning I get woken up just like little kids slapping me in the face, this kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, whatever, you know? So we had kids all the time. And when I was five or six years old is the earliest I can remember. Um, It'd be, I love football. So we would collect up, we had these random football helmets and like shoulder pads that you would like, I don't even know where they came from, but we would like collect equipment up from anybody who had stuff in the neighborhood. And then we'd just like have football camp in my backyard. Right. And I was coaching this and then football would, would spin into basketball and uh, the heroes of basketball. When I was a kid, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Dominic Wilkins and these guys, then we would turn into basketball camp. And so pretty soon we're firing basketballs around to my dad, who I love dearly. Um, you know, he, he put a basketball hoop in the backyard and just really let us chase our, our sports dreams, you know? And so then it became basketball camp and then baseball came and then we're, th I mean, little kids, I, I think I can remember one time this little kid that I was teaching how to throw and catch. And I mean, 
feel so bad, but you know, we're throwing regular hard balls. He doesn't even know how to catch us dome we're just like take a hardball right at the dome and you're just like dude i don't know what i'm doing anyway as i i felt really terrible but we would we learned along the pathway there but all that was born of a deep desire to i think to coach right i even even at the, the threads of my life where i've been you know a bad seed in some people's eyes I've always loved to be able to positively impact other people and what you're talking about. And I think, I think it was somewhat born into me, but I've also had the benefit of having great coaches and realizing great coaches. So let me talk about some of my great coaches. So I had uh, early great, my first father, my first coach was my father, right? Who worked all day, did all kinds of things and still was the coach of each one of our soccer teams or baseball teams or whatever, you know? And as a kid, you don't even realize what that is, right? You're just like, oh, of course, my dad is the coach and whatever, you know? And then at some point you graduate to the point where you're like kind of embarrassed of your parents and you want to get away from them. And let me tell you, now I'm 44 now, like as I look back at that dude, right now like can you imagine like show i mean you were did you did you do some coaching with your kids have you done some of that not not on a team level no dude this is such a, a <laughs> you imagine getting to the end of your work day and you're like all right go take care of 15 of these little nine-year-olds and somehow craft them into something this is like saintly work people it saintly is. work i agree and you know my father did that and then you know, as I started to grow, I started to show promise and my dad, um, realized sort of maybe the limitations of where he had us at. And so he let me go into these, these more advanced programs. And so I got to witness newer and newer coaches of some of, you know, a varying degree of expertise, but the level started to go up, but then I had fantastic coaches. And mostly as I look back, it was the depth of their interest and care in who I was as a person meant more than, I don't really remember a ton of technical things that I was given from those men. So Kevin Peterson was my position coach for football um, at, at Pasco High School. Sean Esterhazen was my, was my soccer coach. And these, these two men in particular became the new thread of what my father had instilled in me. And these, these men deeply cared about the humans that they were working with. And they were funny, and they were relatable, and they showed up every day, and they knew when you didn't show up every day, and they called you on it, and they challenged you, and they forgave you when you felt when you came up short, and they, they screamed with you, and they cried with you, and they did all those things. And I take that magic forward, because we've also had coaches that haven't done that, sure. that haven't, that have just shown up and mailed it in, or they were just a great technical coach. And you got a couple things and you probably wouldn't ever call that person to talk to them at all anymore. Yeah. And then you have transformational people in your life that you just go, man, if I had one more moment of that, I mean, in some degree, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast was because I love to coach and teach. And the young men that I've worked with in my past, young ladies I've worked with in my past too, I love them still. But we, I haven't been able to impart any of the things that I've learned since 
I've been a part of their lives because now they're busy with sons, daughters, jobs, these kind of things. And so I thought this is a way that I could stand in front of them again and be able to say, these are the things that I'm learning. This is how I'm seeing the world. If you find value in it, I'd love for you to be able to, to get access to the things that I'm learning. And so it's opened up a new avenue for me to speak to the hearts of people that I really deeply care about and bring on and introduce the world to people like you, you know, and say, you know, there are awesome people in the world and you should know this guy. So anyway, it's a little bit of a roundabout thing, but what makes a great coach is all of those things. And you do have to have technical pieces in my mind, but they, they just never land if they're not given the same platform for care. Right. Yeah. Trust, trust is the, is the key component there. I, I don't think anything can happen coaching wise until that level of trust is built and people won't trust you if they get a feeling that you don't really care about them. Yeah. Um, so that's, I feel like you're great at building trust and, um, because, because you genuinely care. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no doubt about that. That's certainly the case. I mean, I, I couldn't, couldn't love doing what I'm doing more. Um, what about, so like you're a, you're a stud. We've, a, we've certainly accomplished that in this conversation. What do you struggle with, dude? What, what's not, I don't see a lot of your struggle, but you're such a, you're such a, you're a guarded dude in some sense, right? So tell me what you struggle with. So as far as, um, as far as CrossFit goes, Both. Uh, as <laughs> life and CrossFit, you're not getting off the hook. We're just talking about what you struggle with in the gym. Okay. I want to know what you're struggling with. What, what, what's tough for you? I think, you know, in life in general, the, the struggle for me currently as a parent is making sure, um, I think it's making sure that I, that I'm putting enough of my time in the right places, Mm. right? There's so many different directions that we can get pulled into. Yeah, man. And so really it comes down to, you know, relationships and, and making sure that I'm, I'm putting um, that I'm putting enough time into my relationship with my son and daughter and my wife. Um, that's probably the biggest, the biggest struggle. And, um, again, that's one that you, you never arrive at, right? It's, you're always working towards that, but, but having that at the forefront of my mind and to base my decisions upon that, um, I think that's, that's the biggest struggle. Uh, as far as the gym goes, yeah, my really struggling on in the gym, um, so my my history as an athlete so i was i lived a pretty unhealthy lifestyle up until i was about 24 what do you mean unhealthy you don't have to go far deep into the weeds but what are we talking about here so i grew up doing a lot of things that i that are, are not, are not <laughs> so <healthy. laughs> guarded don't worry um we're not going to name these various substances or choices but so, just basically Maybe things we shouldn't be putting into our bodies. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we could say that right up. Got you know, it. until I was, I made some some different decisions when I turned um, when I turned twenty four. Yeah. And was there a seminal moment that why that happened? Nothing that nothing that stands out to me. Got I feel it. like it was just it, maybe it was just the accumulation of the things that I'd been, you know, in my in my early early twenties that I. 
mm-hmm. had been learning and trying to work towards and yeah. um, realizing that, okay, I am responsible and I need to, I need to make some changes with um, what I'm doing recreationally. So yeah. Was Tori in your life at the time? Were you guys together? How to where? Yes. How did that all come yeah. So, so we, I think she was probably a, a big influence in, in me making some improvements as well. That's great. So, um, so I, I found really Tori introduced me to running. And so that was something that I had gotten into. Um, had never, um, never been a runner. That was, it was totally new, had habits that, that impacted my, um, ability to do that. But I found that and, and we started doing that together. And, um, I really found a lot of joy in, in running, going out and like longer distance running. Yeah. Um, and kind of just dove pretty deep down the running. I wasn't a great runner by any means, but I enjoyed doing it and I would spend quite a bit of time out running. Um, then, um, I guess, so in, in the effort to improve my running, I, I joined a gym thinking I can do some cross training and I'll get better at running. Sure. Had never belonged to a gym, had never touched a barbell that I can recall. Dude, you're such a um, unicorn that you just like, <laughs> I love that you just like, I'm just going to do this thing. Okay. That makes, I'm going to do that thing. Like you're, it's so good. Anyway, keep going. So, so the point of all of this is that I, I was never, I've never, I was never a very powerful, strong athlete. Okay. Um, that is where my biggest struggles are in, in CrossFit. And in this, this sport, I've had to work super hard to get to where I'm at now. And I've got, I've got a long way to go to, to get um, where, where I'd like to be. Straight. Where are you going to go? <laughs> what do you mean? You never get there. We taught, we already established that. <laughs> right. You got a long way to go to get where <laughs> you're already uh, there. Yeah. You're doing yeah. great. Anyway, sorry. I keep derailing. No, keep that's, going, buddy. that's fine. Um, so, so really strength and, and power, like endurance wise, I'm pretty, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Um, I've had to work really hard at the strength and the and the power movements. Yeah, so that's my yeah. that's my focal point right now, dude. You're well on your way to who knows where, but it's pretty awesome yeah. to watch you Thanks, keep taking Kyle. steps, man. The clear thing is like every time I see you, I honestly I just watch you and I can see the the threads of time, and I'm just like, dude. Like just this morning, I was watching you row, and I'm like, this dude just looks like a beast. Right. Like you can you imagine the way imagine for a moment the way that everyone else in your life likely sees you as like an absolute pillar of fitness. And then if you were to turn the mirror on yourself and you're like, oh, I've got this hole, I've got that hole. Everyone else around you is like, I would die to look in the way and work in the way that you do. So everything is about perspective. Right. And being. Um, you're as genuinely kind a person as I think I've met in my life. And I think that a one pearl I might drop to you is to find a way to be that kind to yourself, mm-hmm. right? To be able to see that same thing in yourself. You know, I know you know it about yourself, but sometimes it can be hard to convince you, yeah. you know, and just be like, no, you know, I really am doing it. Cause dude, from everybody else's perspective, you are. So, um, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, dude. So, we already talked a little bit about great coaching. We talked about that. What does what does the future look like for you in this sport, in this gym? And what do you what are you aspiring to professionally? Where are you heading, man? 
what's what's the future look like so as far as sport goes um my objective right now so i right now i'm 37 yep. i'm in the first first group of the masters sure. athletes yeah i like that term masters yeah dude <laughs> We've got, we're doing something right. We're mastering something. Yeah. What I'm training for right now is when I roll over into the, uh, the 40, the age of 40. Um, and I'm kind of at the younger, younger, uh, bracket of that, of that next age group. So I would like to be competitive. Um, what that, what exactly that means? I, I, I don't think I'll know until I get there. Um, but I would, I would like to be in, in the upper, upper percentages of that age group. Yeah. Um, so working towards that right now, as far as, as far as the sport goes, as far as CrossFit and fitness go, um, as far as professionally right now, um, we've got a lot of things going on in, um, in the plumbing world, uh, there's a lot of things going yeah, on in the yeah. plumbing world. Is yeah. the world of plumbing changing it's, so drastically? Are we really, are really with our business, designs? Um, okay. All right. You know, we're, we've been on a pretty steady growth tra- trajectory and it's hard to know. It's hard to project too far, too far out because unexpected things happen, right? You know, COVID doesn't care about your five-year plan. You know, mm. there's all kinds of things that happen um, along the way that influence the direction that you go. Um, so I feel like being open to opportunities that come along are, is the most important thing. And in our world, in our business, those opportunities are, are in the form of people really. Um, the right person can join your team with an ability, um, that could add a whole, whole new direction for your business or a whole new facet of your business that, that you couldn't that you couldn't plan for necessarily. So um, right now we're trying to get more efficient in what we're doing and um, to continue to grow organically uh, that way. Cool. Tell me, so one thing that I wanted to talk to you about today, I mean, we're both going through this, me on a certainly a different level than you. You've you've been in this for a while now, um, which is cool. And I'm here I am just... uh, a uh, partner with my wife in, in starting a business and what the stresses of that bring, what the uh, freedoms of that bring. What can you tell our listeners and what can you tell me? What advice do you have for a guy who's trying to make a business go? What have you learned? Man, you know? that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, so, I mean... For me, it's surrounding myself with people who are better at, who are who are good at things that I'm not necessarily very good at. Um, I I have found over time that there's really a, a, a small group of things that I do well, okay. and there's a whole lot of things that are are outside of my wheelhouse. Okay. And so, recognizing what those are and placing people in positions to to handle those things and giving them the freedom to operate yeah um would be my i guess that's probably my that's main. it it's interesting you say that so i was looking up uh, on your um let's see here let's see if i can open that up here i was looking at your linkedin today 
Oh, I don't know if you how I, regular. I'm not very active. On so that. yeah, not very active. But you you get a sense of what people like when you look through their likes on a LinkedIn. Oh, okay, okay. So I'll just give you a couple of these things. So leaders become great not because of their power, but because of their ability to empower others. That was a post you liked. Great leaders believe they work for their team. Average leaders believe their team works for them. And uh, big, dream big, start small, but most of all, start. So these were three screenshots that I saw I took from your account this yeah. morning. So I get, I'm guessing there's a reason you like them. Do you still believe them? Who knows when you actually like yeah, those no, things? I, and absolutely. that sounds like what you're talking about. So yeah. you've built a team there in your building tell me about like how you've gone about empowering them and why that we concept sounds is so why is it so impactful dude i gotta do that same it's, thing everybody's got to do that same thing how have you done it well so i don't always do it well yeah <laughs> but, but i in in our business specifically it's it's critical um i'm not a plumber i have to rely upon the expertise of other people to, yeah. to get things done. Got it. Um, so w when I started this business, we were, excuse me, when we purchased this business, it was, it was heavily um, revolving around the previous owners and they did an excellent job, built a great reputation, um, did things really well. I knew that that model wasn't going to work for me. It, it needed to, after hours plumbing needed to be needed to be the thing and the team the team needed to be the focal point not not myself yeah. um so you know there's a book by ryan holiday called the obstacle is the way yeah, man. right yeah. and it's um that that is the obstacle is that i can't do the work but that's so so i have to find how to get things done through other people yeah and, and doing it in a way that's beneficial to them it's beneficial to the business and, and that works really well for our customers um, that's great. I feel fortunate just to be there, to be that's honest fantastic. with you. I'm, um, yeah, I'm sure I, I'm guessing that they tell you, I, I mean, I don't know a ton of your employees, but the ones that I do can't possibly speak any more highly of you. That's you nice. know, I mean, yeah, he's just like Kevin who we're talking about here. You know, he's just like, man, I asked him, what, what's it like to work for me? Oh man night and day man it's just crazy how good it's, it is i can't even imagine you know how how life was so much different with nathan not in the lead of this thing it just feels fantastic awesome. so that's yeah that well you mentioned good. something there and i'm i'm really building hard toward building a culture here in our business about values in action my my great friend who i hope to have on this podcast once who because the knowledge and wisdom this dude's going to drop is going to be out of this world um his name is bruce brown he lives over uh, on the west side but bruce taught me a long time ago about what values in action really look like and i'm trying to think about what we're trying to build in in terms of the people inside of the walls of what we're doing here at leaf and so uh, i thought i would share this because a couple of the things that we've talked about are going to end up um, coming out in these values. So I've been 
really thinking deeply about who we want. Like if somebody says, why would I want to do CrossFit or why do I want to be a part of LEAF? And I want to say, these are, this is why these are the, these are, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build into your life in this way. Your, our people at LEAF are going to be fortified. And when I say fortified this work, you're going to be prepared for anything, anytime. And you're going to be grateful to the obstacle for the opportunity right? To see that that thing in front of you was placed there because you are strong enough to be able to move it, right? No one else has that. And it's, that's what we wake up for, right? When people see me in my neighborhood when during COVID or even not even pre COVID for crying out loud, I was doing all this crap in my neighborhood and we have a big yoke, right? You've seen the yoke Mm -hmm. and put the yoke on my back and we walk this thing up and down the street in my neighborhood. My neighbor comes out so what he said, what are you walking your bed frame around for? <laughs> and I gave him a good laugh and we just kept moving, right? And then what are you training for, people say? And that's the answer, right? This value in action is this fortification, this idea that if you needed anything, I would be re- I'm ready, right? And the moment you say, I don't think we can do that, I'd say, nope. I wake up every day at four o'clock in the morning so I can pre- be prepared for this very moment and now I'm gonna seize it, yeah. right? And that's why we do what we do here. Absolutely. That's why we do what we do in CrossFit and that's why we do that right here in this building with Leaf. We build people who are resolute, right? So unwavering, especially under pressure. You get to find out about people's character. You get to find out about who they really are when you, you, when you dial down pressure, right? This last year has been a huge, a huge struggle for me personally, professionally, in so many ways. I've had to stare at myself and wonder. I've cried more in this year than I have in any previous 10 years of my life because um, I've had to stand against what I felt like was really immense pressure and pain. Strong enough to stare into the eye of the storm and still never yield, to believe what you believe and just keep standing right and uh i'm no i'm not special in any way i'm no different than any other person that puts shoes on and socks on every day but when we come into these walls we build resolute people who believe that they can be unwavering because they have proof of it sure this morning in your fourth out of five row intervals you get to decide whether or not you're resolute enough to just give in right because there's no nobody's gonna care if you drop off five seconds i'm gonna notice so maybe you should care about that maybe you shouldn't but here's the point you just kept pulling right 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 you just kept going and the last one that we already talked about is this is being connected right and when i say connected i mean that in the most communal way right the strength of the tribe is in our connection I love that inside of these walls uh, of this gym that that most people care more about someone else's PR than their own, right? Steph, who just finally got a bar muscle up after working for that thing for five years, right? Like I couldn't, every time I thought of her for two or three days, like my all I could do was smile. Right. And thinking about what that feels like when you finally get somewhere 
And I think that people hold you in high enough regard to care deeply about what you're accomplishing, right? The world can either be scarce or it can be abundant. Absolutely. Right? And I really hope that people recognize the strength and the connection of who we are here is what makes this thing special. I want them to come in here and experience. I mean, when I talk about if if I had my goals and dreams come true with this gym, right? Like, and I've shared some of this with you at times, right? Like I would, I would love to celebrate your greatest accomplishments in this gym. I would love to cry on the day that you need somebody to cry with you. I would love to watch your children grow and graduate and chase their dreams and know that I was a small part of that, that we were a small part of that to watch you, you know, your, your wife and your partnership thrive, your business grow like, and if everybody in this place seemed to care that deeply about one another, it can't help but find its way out into a world that needs that. Yeah. You know, you can't not have that sort of life impact happening in your own circle and not have that touch the other circles of people you'll touch that I'll never know. Sure. And so that's my hope. That's the dream that I have in this building. And it's possible because of people like you. So I think you're on a good path. Thanks, man. Really good path. Well, with that, I'm I'm so grateful to you, Nathan. I can't believe how lucky we are to have you and your family in here. Um, I'm thankful for the time we got to spend together, and I'll cherish the conversation as long as uh, as long as it's in existence. Frankly, so um, building something is scary. Building something that is uh, is new, you never know how that's going to be judged. Um, but I'm grateful to have walked out onto an uncomfortable path with you today. So <laughs> thanks a lot. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, man, it's been, it. been fantastic. Uh, so for those of you um, who'd like to learn a little bit more about um, what we do here at LEAF, please uh, feel free to uh, visit our website, leafgym.com, L-E-A-F-G-Y-M.com. This podcast is sponsored happily by O2, the official recovery drink of the CrossFit Games. And uh, owner Dave Kalina and his team are doing a great job, and we're so excited to be a part of their team. Um, I couldn't be more grateful to have this opportunity to talk to you. Um, and if you enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed the content, please go out, subscribe to it, share it out with some of your uh, with some of your friends, and uh, let's let them let them get to know a fantastic human in Nathan. And um, let's keep sharing this uh, good word out into the world. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Know Your Leading Edge podcast with your host. Kyle Vera. For more information or to check us out on the web, please visit leafgym.com. Learn character from the tree, values from the roots, and change from the leaf.